2: We always attack media bias, media spin, propaganda. A lot of times people think, Adrian Slade, uh, you guys are obsessed with calling out the media. We get it. We know they're fake news. But I think it needs to be destroyed a little bit more. I mean, heck, that's in the, in the slogan for the show. Destroying the media lies. Dismantling the narratives. Taking the things that the media is pumping out and ripping it apart and showing what it really means what the truth is behind it and not the narratives that they're building up I'm Adrian Slade thanks for tuning in and we do that because a lot of times there's a. I mean the media is on a mission to provide fake false information they go out of their way to do it and the media is weaponizing itself to levels we've never seen think about was it the Washington no was it the New York Times Their little political cartoon where they have Benjamin Netanyahu with a Star of David around his neck as a dog on a leash pulling Donald Trump with a little rabbi hat on. That was their cartoon. And what we really have to look at is they're basically making the case that Israel has bought the Trump White House just because Trump has recognized Israel for what it should be. Something no other president has. Putting the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem. Recognizing the Golan Heights. All of those things are things that the left despises. Yet somehow Trump is still a Nazi, even though he recognizes Israel and, you know, his daughter has converted to Judaism and and what have you. I I don't know. But that's a media lie. The media lie is Trump is a Nazi and we're going to take clips of him talking about Charlottesville and him saying some of the people on both sides were good people and we're going to spin that as saying he's a Nazi, he's supporting him. he's saying everybody who was there was good people and the same media is going to back up the violent vigilante thug squad that showed up, Antifa, and act like they're freedom fighters who needed to be there even though law enforcement should have been the ones to handle that situation. You know, what was it that they said on the people's court? Don't take the law into your own hands. You know what I mean? So it's amazing to see the media spin and how they cherry pick what they want to build their narratives, hoping that you won't notice. So we like to try to put those things together. We like to do a little Infinity Stone snap and erase all the media BS. We like to Mortal Kombat finish them. <laughs> you rip the heart out of the lie of the news story. And there was quite a few this weekend, actually even into the beginning of the week. You know, this is the same news media that, this is an actual New York Times opinion headline. The men at Fox News have a sickly obsession with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, partly because they resent her cleverness charisma, and moral vitality, but mostly because they suspect that in high school, she was one of those girls they had no hope of getting a date with. Really? Have you seen Fox News? I mean, have you seen? I know I haven't watched Fox News in a couple years, but my wife used to rip on me all the time. She was like, she would tell me she's getting her Fox News haircut, uh, her hairdo on, because, you know, my wife's pretty hot. I'm not going to lie. I mean, that's why I married her. (laughs) <laughs> One of the reasons, but that's the thing. The women on Fox news were hot. I'm talking, you're, you're talking Anna Coyman. It's like Pablo Francisco talking about the, uh, the R and group going, girl, you're fine. Lay you down. Fine. You know, I mean, they were hot. And for them to sit there and act like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is the hottest thing in the world. I mean, she's all right. It's maybe like, what a six, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I maybe would have kept her around during the uh, during the era of the dancing video. You know, the the Friends opening scene. You know, but I think that kind of media spin, when really that was in reaction to a story where Alexandria Ocasio Cortez was ripping on a Kentucky Democrat. They had a a picture of him posted next to this. Cardboard cutout of a woman, and she didn't even know he was from the same party. She started ripping on this guy, not realizing he's a a fellow Democrat. And we all laughed about it because she basically stuck her foot in her mouth saying, look at Republicans with old white guys and, you know, have to put them up with cardboard cutouts of females. And really um, what it was is it was a Democrat and she didn't know it. And the headline was never that she put her foot in her mouth. The headline was Republicans Pounce on Backlash of, you know, I don't know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So the media is always on this move to vilify and weaponize and do whatever they can to make narratives because they're hoping that you're too involved in your life and that you'll maybe pop your head up from your desk, you know, pop your head up from your work, and just kind of slightly tune in and go, oh, wow, I guess Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is uh, so hot the Fox News people are, are obsessed with her. Oh, Benjamin Netanyahu basically controls the Trump administration. Oh, yeah, the fake news media, you know, Trump calling them fake news is inciting violence and an infringement of the First Amendment freedom of the press. That's what they're doing. So over the weekend, we had this little... Battle of battle of audiences, I guess you would say. Battle for attention. Of course, every year is the White House press uh, correspondence dinner, where basically, if you're a Republican, they bring up some low-budget, crass comedian who isn't even that funny. You don't even chuckle. You don't even get a little belly giggle. And uh, they get up, and they just say incendiary garbage that is meant to Make the conservatives uncomfortable. They've never heard us say, uh, we love abortion so much, I want to have an abortion here on the table, Uh, What Michelle Wolf kind of stuff. So they're not going to throw these bombs out, hoping that you're going to be squeamish in your seat, that you're this conservative prude, that you've never encountered anything of lowbrow humor, and they're hoping to make you uncomfortable. And then they're going to mock you in front of everybody. Like they did Sarah Sarah Huckabee Sanders, like they did George W. Bush. So Trump decided, hey, I'm not even gonna attend this garbage. Good on him for that. In fact, he decided I'm going to do the opposite approach, and I'm gonna have my own rally at the same time. Which I think is great. You know, we that's the one that's a good Trump thing. Those are the things we like about Trump. And so the media decided this year. The same way that they decided that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is some moral figure because she wants to be helpful to the people with green energy, new deals that are going to be job producers. Or I don't even know how a energy plan to change the structure and the fundamental way that we handle electricity is a jobs program when it's supposed to be reducing carbon emissions. I don't know, but... She is somehow some moral arbiter, and Trump isn't because of his past uh, affiliations with porn stars, what have you. Never mind that their hero is Bill Clinton, who is finger-popping an intern under the Resolute desk with the Cuban cigar. You know, never mind any of that. What we're going to do is we're going to try to paint the Democrats as being moral, and they're going to be... Christian-like because they want to give out free college and free health care and all this free stuff because we have to help our, our neighbors, right? That's how they go with it. And so there was this competing battle, and the news media decided they wanted to suddenly become these upstanding, concerned individuals. And so we get this guy who decides he wants to talk about His son and how bad his son feels because of the attack on the free press from Donald Trump. I mean, remember, the White House Correspondents Dinner is basically a self-pleasuring, self-media-fluffing affirmation convention. They want to make themselves known. We are, like. Dan Rather and Walter Cronkite, we're so respected and we bring the truth to the people and we do this because we're good, noble people. That's all crap. I mean, when you have headlines where they're basically saying Fox News, people don't like this chick out of New York who's virtually unknown, only been office for about four or five months, only because they couldn't get a date with her in high school and some other garbage like that. That's not news. That's utter BS. So listen to this guy spout off about how his son was concerned about him and his well-being, being a... And
3: that gets us in an admittedly roundabout way to this president. Uh, I don't want to dwell on the president. This is not his dinner. It is ours. And it should stay ours. (laughs) But I do want to say this. In nearly 23 years as a reporter, I've been physically assaulted by Republicans and Democrats, spat on, shoved, had crap thrown at me, I've been told by senior administration officials of both major parties that I will never work in Washington again. And there was a brief moment in Afghanistan when I thought a soldier not quite old enough to shave would shoot me dead for the crime of taking a picture inside the presidential palace. And yet, I still separate my career into the period before February of 2017 and what came afterwards. And that's because February 2017 is when the President of the United States called us the enemies of the people. A few days later, I was driving my then 11-year-old son somewhere, probably soccer practice, when he burst into tears and asked me, is Donald Trump going to put you in prison? At the end of a family trip to Mexico, he mused that if the president tried to keep me out of the country, quote, at least Uncle Josh is a good lawyer and he'll get you home. (laughs) Hey, Uncle Josh. Uh, I've had to tell my family not to touch packages on our stoop. My name is on a statement criticizing the president for celebrating a congressman's criminal assault on a reporter. I've had death threats, including one this week. Too many of us have. It shouldn't need to be said in a room full of people who understand the power of words, but fake news and enemies of the people are not pet names, punchlines, or presidential. And we should reject politically expedient assaults on the men and women whose hard work helps make it possible to hold the powerful to account. That said, we can't lose track of attacks on the free press in a global context.
2: Daddy, is Donald Trump going to put you in jail for being in the news media? And it should have followed with, no, son, President Trump isn't going to put me in jail. With his son saying, well, then, Daddy... Why are you helping put your business in bankruptcy by putting out all these lies? I mean, this is ridiculous. They're so concerned with their elitist status. I'm Woodward and Bernstein. You are garbage. Media has been on hiatus from 2008 until 2016, and all of a sudden they come alive, and they don't know how to even operate. (laughs) they don't even know how to report they don't know how to investigate all they do now is know how to throw bombs hope for clickbait let's put up an article that's going to get ratioed like the Atlantic I see something from Salon or Slate I can already tell on Twitter the ratio which a ratio for those who don't understand a ratio is you have comments that replies and they count those up you have those that have retweeted or reposted the article into their own timeline, they tally those up. And then you have the ones that just like it. So they hit a little star and they like it and those tally up. Well, when the ratio is more comments that eclipse the number of repostings and the number of likes, well, then that means people have a lot to say about it. And usually that's not a good thing because people are mocking the crap out of it. And so that's what we see a lot of. With these stories. And they're hoping that you look at the title. And when you say, Oh, Avengers Endgame was uh, male patriarchy against uh, blah, 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 you're going to click on it. And the next thing you know, they got your click, they get your money, or they get paid for your participation in their stupid news story. That's what journalism has been resulted to. And so, one of the clickiest clickbait stations of all is CNN who nobody watches except for those who are stuck in the airport in a god-awful layover because the airports, for some reason, are monopolized by CNN. This was unreliable sources because Donald Trump had his rally, and he got out there and made some statements. Now, he made a statement about infanticide. You know, everything going on with the killing kids coming out of the womb, like we talked about with our own governor, Governor Ralph Northam, in New York, also in Connecticut and Vermont. I think there's something in Iowa or Oklahoma or Illinois, something like that. There's something going on, proposals out there. And here is what unreliable sources Brian Stelter and his roundtable, who one of them is considered a political analyst, but she's actually head of a board member of NARAL, which is basically Planned Parenthood. Um, This is their discussion about what Trump said about infanticide.
0: Can you put this into context for us, Karen? He's talking about infanticide, which is Correct. illegal, oh, yes. immoral,
1: <laughs>
2: disgusting, incredibly rare, mm-hmm. uh, and something yeah, he's something he's
0: continuing to bring up on the trail. And this was the most shocking way he said it yet.
1: But this is part of his strategy to just demonize the left. Demonize. I mean, he was at in a rally. I think he spoke what, for over an hour, hour and a half. It's you know it was like when he went to CPAC. So this was his comfort zone. He even brought up uh, Sarah Sanders. This particular attack is particularly disgusting and egregious. As someone who serves on the board of NARAL Pro-Choice America, this is one we're unfortunately getting used to hearing from the right obviously it's illegal what would happen is this would only happen in the instance if a child was born with some type of horrible deformity without a brain without, without a heart exactly and couldn't survive outside the room and by the way at that point it's called surgery right? There would be a surgery and then the decision would be made, how do you keep this child comfortable? Uh, and it would be just like if, if someone was on, you know, was uh, had to be on life support for some reason. Yeah. But he, he knows that. I mean, we're talking about facts. You think he, he knows, knows the <laughs> truth even though he's spinning like this? Sure. because he, I mean, I, he likes to, it's like you said, say anything hyperbole, use disgusting language to so demonize people. Anyone, frankly, as you know he does to the press all the time, as anyone who's against him yeah. has to be, you can't just be wrong or have a different opinion. You have to be despicable. Evil. You evil. have to be yeah. evil, yeah. right? Uh, th- this is
2: something that, uh, you know, there's a lot of news going on this weekend, but I do think something like this comment should be a bigger story. Yeah. Hey, Ulrich, here's what Judd Legum, of, uh, a, a, a liberal writer, said on Twitter. He said, this clip, you know, of the president accusing people of conspiring to murder infants in blankets, this should be headline news for weeks, he wrote, he wrote on Twitter, Instead, of be forgotten by tomorrow but this is just example number one thousand of this trend
4: right it's absolutely true and you know early on when people said uh, we can't normalize it and the word lost its meaning normalize it that he can now go to this place and by the way uh, when you watch the full segment where he talked about it he repeated it two or three times this was just one bite and he used the word execute in that conversation mm-hmm. he was really pounding it with the, with those viewers uh, with the rally goers Uh, in Green Bay. So Stelter and the crew
2: deeply offended that Trump would misrepresent what was said about the real provisions in the laws that were put out. But let's actually take a listen to what Trump said. And actually, I took it a step further and I interwove it with what Governor Ralph Northam says. And tell me, and this isn't me trying to place Trump up on a pedestal, but tell me if Trump didn't break down what Governor Northam said in layman's terms, in a form of mockery, and also in a form of a call to action in his rally, because he's off the cuff, he's out there just throwing stuff around like Don Rickles meets Rodney Dangerfield, and, you know, it's funny at times, I laugh, but he is making a serious point, it's a deadly effective point, and when you hear it, Interwoven with Governor Northam, he's right on the money. Just listen. They're aggressively pushing extreme late-term
0: abortion, allowing children to be ripped from their mother's womb right up until the moment of birth.
4: If a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen.
0: The baby is born. The mother meets with the doctor. They take care of the baby. They wrap the baby beautifully.
4: Um, The infant would be delivered. Uh, The infant would be kept comfortable.
2: And then the doctor and the mother determine whether or not they will execute the baby.
4: The infant would be resuscitated if if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother.
2: Until this crazy man in Virginia said it, nobody even thought of that, right? Did anyone even think of that? And for those who think that what happened, that Trump is being hyperbolic and going over the top with it. They totally failed to remember New York standing up and cheering. Was it 40 weeks? Maybe, Maybe longer than that was when they were allowed to abort children. And they're standing up cheering. They actually lit up the Freedom Tower pink because they thought they were doing something for women's rights. Trump was pointing out how sick this entire thing was and the news media had to find a way to turn it into an outrage piece akin to him talking about illegal immigrants as animals or Charlottesville as being some good people and them trying to make that into some Nazi statement. That's how the media operates. And until we start calling them out, we're going to continue to get this crap thrown at us. Now, in a little bit, we're going to get into some of the craziness that has been going on. More news media narratives, more news media lies, misinformation, especially with what happened in California. Um, Everything going on with the terror plot that was foiled. You definitely want to check out some of the information that we dug up on that. They're framing it as, "Ah, it's just a military veteran. Yeah, he's just a U.S. Army vet, disgruntled. He wanted to put out an IED. He wanted to take out some people at this rally. And Long Beach over the weekend. Um, yeah, the more you look into it, he was a jihadist. Yeah, he actually had the FBI feeding him information, giving him support materials. That's how they were able to lure him in. He wanted to make a Vegas-style attack. And the news media tried to frame it as though it's just some, you know, military veteran. Because we got to have more domestic terrorism Being in the news so that we can build the narrative that it isn't radical Islam, it's domestic terror. It's white bread, cornbread, homegrown domestic terror that we have to worry about the most. And you'll see these media narratives when we get into Venezuela, too. How it's this coup, and America's supporting a coup. All of this is misinformation the news is pushing on purpose, and we'll get into that here on the other side of the break. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at Rants Out Loud. Also on my alternative uh, account, at Adrian Slade Show. Follow me on Snippy, MeWe, Convo. Also on Parlor News. Get the app, search Adrian Slade, and you can follow me online. And we can chat a little bit more. If you've got questions, comments about the show, feel free to hit us up. Let us know what you think. We'll be back in just a moment.
4: This is Adrian Slade.
2: What
3: emotion do you think the term enemy of the people engenders? What, When you say that, and you call the press that, what, what emotion does that engender in, in the I listener? I would imagine
4: it'd be angry. And I would think they should be angry that the media, for, for using commentary and opinion and trying to sell it like news. And I hope that what the, the media gets out of this is that they should go back to being journalists. Okay. Well, it described
3: for me the the, the, the evolution that happened. Have you ever
4: had a thousand fake stories written about you? I have not, no. Have you been called as a misogynist, a racist, a pig, and every other word in the, in the world by journalists? I have not, no. Okay. Well, that's what happens to our side every day. Journalists will say, make up things. You asked me earlier whether or not that whole thing about the African-American vote, whether I'd done it and everything. Now that writer decided to take a fake anonymous source, put it right after a sentence with me, right after my name. Now, those are the things that I'm talking about. Journalists playing games with words and doing things to incite a feeling or emotion towards us because they don't agree with the movement. I get that every day. And the people on our campaign every day get inundated with fake stories and fake sources because these journalists feel it's their mission to take us down. And so if you don't think that's an enemy to us, it is.
3: It's an- What emotion were you
4: trying to incite in the 2016 election? Excitement that change was coming.
1: Something on Facebook dramatically changed.
2: That's Brad Parscale, the campaign manager for Donald Trump and also campaign manager for Trump 2020, talking about his account of fake news and how the news seems to be the enemy of the people, to which the news media is completely offended by this. But then, if they're not the the enemy of the people then why are they supporting thug, violent thug vigilante squads, anti-American
0: vigilantes such as Antifa? Listen to Chris Cuomo on CNN. And talk about Antifa. I've watched them in the streets protesting in different situations, okay? There are certainly aspects of them that are true to a cause. That is a good cause. They want social justice. They want whatever they want in that context. You tell Not me Antifa. when that has Antifa ever is happened. American. You tell me when that has ever happened. With neo Nazis, where they have ever been doing Chris, Antifa the right is not thing. a good cause. Antifa does not have good aims. Antifa wants power, wants political power taken uh, through force. That's what Antifa Steve, is all about. I mean, they are be, the inheritors of I'm Nazis saying. and Bronxists. I am shirts. not here to espouse Antifa. Or any group on the political spectrum. Sounds like it. No, because you want it to be like that because you want it to be simple. No, and you want to be able to run away after something like this and say Cuomo loves the alt left. He loves them, and you know it's not true. You know it's BS. What I'm saying is this: you don't draw a moral equivalence between neo-Nazis and the people there to fight against them. You don't do it in that context because it's not what we are about in this country. And Rob, when you pair it with a president who refuses to call out Steve King, a president who says that the problems with domestic terrorism with right-wing extremists is not a big deal, but he talks about Islam hating all of us, when they are nowhere near responsible for what we're dealing with here in terms of death and attacks as the right wing extremists. When you put it all together, it makes you wonder, Rob, why is he so soft on one and so loud on the other? Help me soft. understand. He said condemn totally. He does not he talk about the people totally. who attack these synagogues and who attack Muslims the way he does talk about Muslims who do the attacking. And you know it. And if really, you want, you know who I'll dis- send you, you know volumes with of you? his statements. Okay, you know who would disagree with you about that is Rabbi Goldstein today. Yeah, I heard him. That heroic man. I heard him, and I respect his pain, and I respect his message.
1: And
0: and the consolation that the president brought him with his words of compassion. And that is not not the story, by the way, of a man who hates Jews and who praises Nazis. As a matter of fact, quite the opposite. I didn't say Uh, he praises Nazis, and I didn't say he hates Jews. If you can only resort to the absurd, Steve, you're not worth the position. Don't resort to the absurd. I'm saying he's quiet when it comes to how he condemns the right. So CNN, more specifically, Chris
2: Cuomo, thinks Antifa's, yeah, they're okay. They're just freedom fighters. They're just out there for the cause. Yeah, the Epoch Times has this. An alleged and bizarre plot has been uncovered involving a Mexican cartel, anti-fascist activist in the United uh, United States, migrant caravans, and an alleged cartel associate named Cobra Commander. So we're getting all G.I. Joe in here, you know. (laughs) The more you know. As strange as it sounds, though, the story appears to be rather serious. It involves a plot to start an armed conflict at the U.S.-Mexico border. The case was uncovered in a federal investigation last year into groups and individuals behind the migrant caravans Details were included in a December 18, 2018 document from the FBI, which the San Diego Union Tribune said it obtained. The document states that part of the federal investigation focused on an alleged plot by drug cartels to sell guns to protesters and said activists had planned to buy guns from a Mexico-based cartel, an associate known as Cobra Commander or his real name, Ivan Rebelling. After getting these guns, the newspaper said the protesters wanted to stage an armed rebellion at the border. Yeah, Chris Cuomo, those freedom fighters. Yeah, they're just fighting white supremacy at the border with weapons. The document isn't public, so the information cannot be independently verified. A phone call to the FBI press office by the Epoch Times seeking information went unanswered. But the Union Tribune says the F, uh, FBI report, although it's unclassified and was provided on the condition of the names of the individuals in the report being, m- not being made public, they didn't publish the report online because the investigation is ongoing, but have pretty good reason to believe that this is credible. It says the group behind the planned uprising were anti-fascist activists an apparent reference to the anarchist communist group Antifa. A, given a key individual in its mentions, Antifa's activities are said to have been classified as domestic terrorism, and the group was being investigated by the FBI in 2017. They have various branches carry out violent attacks for political intimidation. You know, if, if we remember back to what Antifa was doing, back in Germany, the G20, Ed Klein received FBI information that he put in his book, All Out War, the plot to destroy Donald Trump, said Antifa was also allegedly colluding with the terrorist groups Al-Qaeda and ISIS. We covered this many years ago. If you listen to this show, even Mayor Mayor Bill de Blasio, William Wilhelm, the uh, communist governor, I mean, communist mayor of New York City. He joined the violent protest overseas. Why is your mayor overseas protesting with anti-fascist. The FBI report uh, says these violent left-wing groups traveled to Europe, met with representatives of al-Qaeda in the Islamic State, or ISIS. They also went to Syria and got bomb-making instructions and toxic chemical instructions. So we know that this plot on the border, this is what they said in this plot on the border, and it's very serious. We know that this is very serious. In the alleged armed plot, at the U.S.-Mexican border, the uh, San Diego Union-Tribune cites the document as saying the anti-fascist activists had planned to disrupt U.S. law enforcement and military security operations at the border. Despite the allegation condition for obtaining the report of not identifying individuals mentioned in it, the Union-Tribune named two of them and alerted them by requesting comment. They were Evan Duke, an Antifa activist and Ivan Rebelling, also known as Cobra Commander. Both of them denied accusations. The Union Tribune also said, it doesn't make any sense that someone from the United States would purchase guns from Mexico. So, this is something that CNN is advocating? Yeah, no, they're not an enemy of the state. The news media is fair. You know, Donald Trump... Ripping on them, calling them fake news, calling them enemy of the state is only inciting violence against the news media, even though the news media is advocating for an anarchist group, a communist group, who wants to buy weapons from the drug cartels to stage armed conflicts at our border, and on top of it are meeting with ISIS and al-Qaeda and getting bomb-making materials from Syria. No biggie there. Ivan Rebellin is the international coordinator of human rights visitors of the New World Order. Which I'm not going to say the uh, Espanol equivalent. He was exposed in 2018 for making threats against the journalist Leon Garcia for exposing his criminal history. Rebelling head called to create an army against migrants in Mexico. In a video he pub- published on social media, he urged Mexicans to create an international self defense group to combat the caravans of migrants who pass through the Aztec County or Aztec Country to reach the United States. In the recording, he even asked the members of the Mexican cartels to attack the migrants. However, the review of the uh, of the portal in which they went through, as far as on the Internet, mentions rebelling and his file as being suspect. So these guys are on a mission to destroy America and the news media right there with it. They don't mind. They don't care. No biggie. They're just fighting white supremacy because they're standing up for what they believe in. Yeah, that's why the news media is the enemy of the state. And another incident that was a mistruth by the news media. They lied on this one again. They're trying to frame it as an individual in California planning a terrorist attack. And they keep announcing that he was a veteran. He was a military veteran. And his name, Mark Stephen Domingo of Rosada, California. This is from ABC News. The Department of Justice announced the arrest of a former U.S. Army infantryman who was accused of plotting a mass casualty terrorist attack at a white nationalist rally in Long Beach, California. So he must be fighting na- white nationalism. And he's a military guy, so, you know, he may have PTSD or something. Um, or Agents arrested the suspect, Mark Stephen Domingo, and they basically left out some interesting details. They go into his military background. Domingo served as an infantry man in the army from November, 2011 to February, 2013, attaining the rank of private. Um, he was deployed to Afghanistan from September, 2012 to uh, February, 2013, a 30 page affidavit filed with the criminal complaint against Domingo alleges that his planning, that he was planning to attack by constructing a bomb, And this dates back to March. Oh, Domingo expressed support for violent jihad, the affidavit states. And what else does it state there, uh, Bill? What else you got? (laughs) Well, it says he wanted revenge for the attacks against Muslims, specifically cited in March the attack against Muslim worshippers in New Zealand, posting there must be retribution. So maybe he's just a crazed lunatic, right? Well... Mark Stephen Domingo posted a video of himself reciting the Shahada as his online introduction. Introduced himself as Mark Domingo, and he declared the Shahada. I am aware that the Shahada is the profession of faith and the first tenet of Islam. I feel like I should make a Christian's life miserable, or maybe a Jew's, he said. He also calls on one of his neighbors, he calls him an enemy of the Islamic Caliphate, says spilling his blood would be halal, which means religiously permissible. He also suggested to an informant that he was going to start small by testing police response times, by conducting a major attack, by murdering his neighbor. The informant was apparently surprised that Mark Domingo was shuffling around all day with a rifle around L.A. So he, he said, I'm smart at history, but I failed in chemistry, And he had planned on placing IEDs on the L.A. freeways. So the news media spent most of its time going around talking about how this was some sort of, uh, you know, a vet army infantryman gone awry when really he was a radical jihadist. And that never got the attention, although it's in the affidavit that didn't get the attention. The news media failed to mention that. But, you know, hey, let's not call the attacks what they are. You know, let's not, let's get into Sri Lanka like we did last week, where we talked about how they wanted to blame it on New Zealand, which actually was a greater plot by a larger ISIS uh, conglomerate with support on an international level. But no, we're not going to worry about that. We're going to act as though it's no big deal and overlook the fact that even lone wolf ISIS inspired attacks can have support from. The International ISIS Community, which uh, Rumkini from Washington Post wrote extensively about, which was an eye-opening, uh, eye-opening article. So, the, again, the media dropping the ball or intentionally spiking the ball with a different narrative so that you're not noticing what's really going on. They're going to chalk it up as domestic terrorist by, you know, white citizen in America, they want to build that up because they want that to overshadow what's really going on. All right. So another thing that happened, uh, two things happened pretty recently. We had the meltdown of Venezuela, socialism on display, falling apart before our eyes. And it was amazing to see what was going on between Nicolas Maduro and Juan Guiardo, which we, if you've listened to the show, you know, we did an extensive deep dive going back into Juan Guiardo and his political party. So yeah, he is duly elected. So this isn't a coup. The media, again, another mistruth. The media wants to tell you it was a coup when it really wasn't a coup. He was duly elected. Now his party is the Democrat Socialist Party or is in nature. So we have to realize we're not getting much better of a deal out of it we're probably going to get somebody who's going to focus a little bit more on the citizenry and not just say to hell with you guys but eventually you know socialism leads to what we have with maduro and maduro to clamp down on this whole thing he sent out military trucks to drive over protesters he basically eliminated any sort of uh, media by removing them from platforms cnn international was shut down and then, of course, we also remember that he got rid of their guns years ago. Actually, it might have been Chavez. But regardless, they didn't have guns to protect themselves. And factions of the military were joining Juan Guiardo. Apparently, Maduro was being supported by Cuban militants and Cuban armed, uh, armed forces on top of the fact that Russia was trying to keep him in place. So we have a global interest in what's going on in Venezuela But the other thing that happened on the same day was a violent shooting that happened on the University of North Carolina Charlotte campus. And we want to keep those families and uh, loved ones in our thoughts and prayers, even though, again, the left pops up with the thoughts and prayers, BS, mocking it. Of course, you know, the Christian to me says, hey, slow to anger. You know, they're going to be mad because they don't understand our religion. But then I also think about... The Christian artist, Michael Knott, which most of y'all don't know, but he had a song, (laughs) I I Am No Christ, that basically said, cross me one time, I'll forgive you. Cross me two times, it gets hard. Cross me three times, just remember, I am no Christ. (laughs) And sometimes I feel that way because I wanted to tell this one person, look, hey, I've got a thought for you. Go pound sand. Oh, and I, I have a prayer that that sinks in, but I had to back off. And, you know, say, you know what, these people are going to get out there. They're going to decry the NRA and they're going to decry all this stuff and get into gun violence is bad. And the NRA is a lobbyist group and all this same garbage. And it really made me think about something because I was digging through to get information on what was happening with this entire situation. And what I kept running into is this hashtag called Generation Lockdown. And I was like, that's pretty odd. Generation Lockdown. would wonder what that's all about. Well, as you look into what Generation Lockdown truly is, it's actually pushed by those individuals with the March for Our Lives protest. And they're basically trying to say that the March for Our Lives, um, this is actually from March for Our Lives, D.C. Active shooter drills taught us how to crouch under tables to hide, look for escape paths when we enter a new room, run for our lives as soon as we hear gunshots. This should not be normal. This is not a solution to violence. And it's interesting because they put out a propaganda video that basically it, it's it's all about trying to put people in the driver's seat of an actual active shooter situation. And when I got to thinking about it, it reminded me of that video that I saw of the actor shooter drill right before Parkland. It came, it was it was basically distributed around when the Parkland shooting happened, but it was actually an active shooter drill that happened before then. And it was really interesting to me because what happened in these drills, they weren't just doing like, you know, the nuclear fallout drills where you hide under a desk. I remember the young ones, Neil and Vivian. Neil was the hippie. Vivian was the punk rocker. They had a little thing fall through their roof of their house. This is a BBC show. I think they showed it on MTV and it was, they thought it was a bomb and they didn't know what to do with it. Uh, the Vivian tried to extort Margaret Thatcher with the bomb. <laughs> he was the punk rock guy. And Neil was trying to protect everybody. So he had this little card table that he was hiding under with a sheet. And Vivian's like, Neil, what are you doing? It's like, I'm painting myself white. Why are you painting yourself white? I'm painting myself white to deflect the blast. But, you know, you had these drills Back in the nuclear war days where you hide under desk, you have fire drills. No one's going into these drills and blowing smoke and breaking open windows and simulating nuclear fallout. They're not going in with flamethrowers, burning up the freaking hallways, going, this is what it's like if you're in the middle of a, a fire drill. I mean, it sounds absurd to say that. But if you saw this drill that I saw, kids were being shot with like red paint. They were told to lay down and act as though they were dead. They, I mean, it was the most realistic drill. People coming in with, uh, you know, guns with blanks, and I'm thinking, okay, well, they really made it simulated quite well. <laughs> they're getting their point across. They're showing you how to hide. But the more I thought about it, and the more I started reading about how people who are in these drills are devastated, they're petrified. It follows them around. They are scarred by these drills. Are we conditioning people? Is that what's going on? Is this part of the indoctrination? We've already got schools indoctrinating our kids. We've already got college feeding them into socialism. Uh, My son is telling me about how the eighth grade class is taking one of the buses and and converting it to run on vegetable oil. I mean, what are we doing in our schools? Are we trying to create this... UN 2030, sustainable living, socialist utopia. But then we're also going to try to support gun control by conditioning them in these active shooter drills. I mean, listen to this. My six-year-old daughter last year, after an actual lockdown, the best places to hide are big cupboards. But how do we choose, Mom? What do you mean, sweetie? There's not enough room for everyone. How do we choose who gets to hide in the, um, in the cupboards? Hashtag generation lockdown. Another one. Recently, my daughter Bella told me that she made a new friend. Me. That's great, sweetie. What did you like about her? B. She calmed me down when I had a panic attack during our lockdown drill. They are 10 years old. They are hashtag generation lockdown. So are we conditioning them? Possibly so. I mean, that sounds conspiratorial, but I don't know. I think the interesting thing, though, is when you look at what's happening in Venezuela, the end game, and what was said on MSNBC. Listen to this talking about gun control. It's amazing.
1: And know, Kerry, you've spent a lot of time down there. I think it has been surprising to a lot of people in Washington, and the administration at least, that this is taking longer than they thought, despite the sanctions, despite the pressure. With the help of Russia and other outside forces, Maduro is hanging on.
0: Not only hanging on, but he appears to still control the military. You have to understand, in Venezuela, gun ownership is not something that is open to everybody. So if the military have the guns, they have the power. And as long as Nicolas Maduro controls the military, he controls the country.
2: What? You mean if you have guns, if the citizenry is armed, they have the power? Amazing. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. It's... there's a fundamental misunderstanding of what's really going on and what the the founders thought about everything going on. In fact, what's funny is Maduro in Venezuela shut down public transportation, shut down public trains. Really? The same Green New Deal people that want to eliminate the combustion engine? They want to get us on high-speed bullet trains and light rail? Well, when you're in control of the transit you're in control of the people as well. You can shut them down. The, you know, the combustion engine was freedom back in the day. But if you look at what's happening in Venezuela right now, the actual leader's having a difficult time taking his duly elected seat against a tyrant thug because factions of the military have to come and help him, but they don't have the support necessary to stand up against this totalitarian tyrant because the citizens are unarmed because of gun control. They've removed the equivalent of the Second Amendment, also eliminated the First Denying the protest, the assembly, shutting down free speech, shutting down the press, such as CNN International, for whatever that's worth. David Bird said what I thought was interesting was they told me that somehow a totalitarian regime would come in with the aid of the Russians and shut down the press. He was right on that one. But if you can eliminate all of these people, if you can take citizens who fought for our rights and our freedom overseas, and they come back like this military vet, and you can somehow say, well, they've got PTSD. We can't have them have guns. We need to eliminate that. You've eliminated those who have technical know-how and actual combat expertise and disarm them when the time comes for a bigger push so that there's less resistance. And if you think that's crazy, Eric Swalwell actually said, what, are you going to go up against the military? We have the nukes. If you can deny and disqualify them from natural rights, you minimize the resistance. And if you can condition the youth through active shooter drills, you can say that they're designed for safety, but you're providing the conditioning, you then help a wave of socialism take hold in the United States. And we're on the precipice of it. We're on the cusp. We better realize it before it comes and takes us over and envelops us and destroys us. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning into the show. Listen to us on Mojo 50 radio. You can find that on iHeartRadio or go to mojo50.com. Every Wednesday, 10 p.m. You can also listen to us on the weekends, Saturday 5 p.m., Sunday morning midnight. Also, get the podcast. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker. Tune in iHeart, Overcast. Wherever podcasts are hosted, and be sure to give us a review. Give us a good five-star review that's going to help us go up in the ratings so we're more visible to others. You can also donate to the show, go to patreoncom Slade show. Give two dollars a month, or go to anchor.fm and search Adrian Slade. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Gab, Mewe, Parlor. Convo, Snippy, search Adrian Slade. Follow us on Twitter at Rants Out Loud or at Adrian Slade Show, which is the official show page on Twitter. And you can also read the blog, adriansladeshow.com. You can also get the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel in your streaming store on the Roku Streaming Channel Store. Be sure to download the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in.